you're pulled to it. Yeah. Like it just pulls yes. to you. You can't yes. do anything else but because there's this whole thing of, oh, am I supposed to sit on my couch and, couch and just imagine all day long? No, if you really became it, you couldn't sit on the couch. Like yeah. you literally couldn't. You wouldn't be able to. You'd be bouncing off the walls. You'd be like, no, I have to call that client. No, I have to create this program. No, I have to go apply for that job. I have to. I don't have any other choice. I'm going to die. I'd rather do that than eat Haagen-Dazs and watch this show. That's boring. I want to go do this. You're pulled to it. And it becomes your joy. It becomes your expression. It becomes your divinity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, your host, and today I am really excited to have our guest here with us. This is a man who I've had a chance to actually be on the other side of the table with uh, and be interviewed by. He's a phenomenal interviewer and also a, a channeler, a guide. He is going to be talking about what it is that he does in the world, which is helps us to get more in touch with our own inner knowing, our authenticity, our joy, and also how we connect to those around us, those beings of light, those angels that are everywhere. And I'm excited about this conversation because I think this is a little bit like a first for me. We'll see. I mean, every conversation is a first for me because I've never had a conversation like the one we're about to have. And yet there's something about the energy of this particular dialogue that I'm really, really looking forward to. And I know everyone listening, you are definitely in store for something magnificent, miraculous, and very special. So stay tuned for more of that. So today I have with us Pete Kossaboon, known as the Angel Encourager. He is a healer and transformational coach, and he is here to help others find their authenticity, live in joy, and find the true transformative power of the angels. Pete, mm. welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Same. Yeah, as we've, <laughs> I know, I can feel them. It's so interesting, Pete. I, we're, we're actually stepping into a new space. I, not that I uh, am not, I've been closed off to angels, but I don't know much about them. And, and to be fair, even if we'd had this conversation a few years ago, you would have caught me even being more skeptical, more hesitant, less open to the concept. And I am here today knowing, even to say knowing feels a little, little odd, but just, I have a, a sense of it now, unlike what I had before. And, and even um, I'm still unable to see or hear them, though I do know how I receive my messages. But even just preparing for this, I was sitting in this studio and I this feeling came over me and I, the, what I heard in my head was, I am surrounded by light and angels. And I thought, huh, yeah, I am. And so it's really cool that I'm at a place now where, I, where we're having this conversation because I am at a place where I can, I am open to it. So the same goes probably for everyone listening. I love that. And I love that you really brought up the concept of how do we see the angels or how do we, how do we experience them? You know, because I think one thing that really happens in the, in the light and love crowd is we, we step into this comparison field of, Oh, they can see auras and they can see light and oh, they see Archangel Michael and da, 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 da. they must be better than I am, you know, but we all have our own particular talents and gifts and they shift and flow. You know, I've had, um, I've had all of the uh, senses except for taste, which I'm very glad of because from those who do have the sense of taste, I understand you never taste anything good. So I'm very glad of that. 
that. Um, but I don't have them all at the same time. You know what I mean? So, and I don't give one more importance to the, than the other. I think they come in perfect timing for what you need uh, for validation, for guidance, uh, for clarity and for wisdom. So I, I don't want people to get caught up into this, this idea of, well, I don't see angels or I don't, you know, whatever, as long as like you, you did where you felt them and you simply just know, you just know at the core of your being that they're there and they're supporting you, giving you that clarity, wisdom and guidance. That's all that's necessary. I appreciate that, Pete. And I appreciate you bringing that up because that has absolutely been a part of my journey. And I imagine for many of us that we fl- slip into the trap of comparison, even even in this realm of experience and beingness. And I, 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 I've caught myself many times when people say, well, I have this vision or I have you know, clairvoyance is one of my weaker senses at this point. And I often catch myself almost needing to justify that or defend that instead of really what I've more recently been doing is becoming more and more confident and comfortable that I am more clairsentient, more claircognizant. I have the feeling in my body. I have this knowing. And for so long, I didn't even know what all of that was. And I love how we just dove right in and we're going to keep diving in. And if I never get to the opening question, I'm okay with that because I want to keep unpacking this idea of the, the Claire senses. And because it's, a, it's, a, it's still fairly new to me. I mean, within just the last handful of years, is it something that I've even paid any attention to? And even in the last year, would I say my gifts are coming online more in a way that I'm aware of. So can you talk to us about that, those gifts, and, and what do you mean by that for those listening who may not even know? Sure. So, I mean, we have a body, mind, spirit system, and it's really interesting because they're, they're all integrated. They're all interrelated. Uh, you can use one to hack the other. Um, and so it only makes sense that a higher energy would connect with us through our five normal senses that we move through the space in. Um, when you realize what a very small, really fraction of the available spectrum of energies that we can even entertain or experience in our bodies, you can understand and really appreciate how difficult, I guess I would say it is, for spirit to be able to get within that range and then find a way to make something particularly important to us so that we will notice. Um, some, it's really interesting. I went to a, um, a media, a medium came here to town and I, I went to the, to, to this show cause I wanted to see, like, I wanted to experience what was, what would happen as an audience member. Right. And it was really interesting because she had like this beginning dialogue and in the beginning dialogue, she talked about connection and she basically, she kept using the, the name Pat and Trisha and things like that, which was my deceased mom's name. And then she kept talking about how you can connect with spirit through smell. And she, she kept mentioning cigarette smoke and perfume. And it was really interesting to me. I knew that that was the only reason I was there because the way I experienced my paternal grandmother is through the smell of cigarette smoke. And the way that I experienced my maternal grandmother is through Chanel number no. five. So I just know that, so I mean, and literally there was no other information that was given to the whole thing that really meant anything to me. I knew at that moment, it's like that knowing you had, right? It's like I could leave right now, Mm -hmm. but that was sort of of mine. But one of the things about like clairvoyance and getting sort of like, I want to put it in the realm of of psychism, 
Um, I'm real careful about that. I never call myself a psychic and I don't want to ding anybody that considers themselves a psychic because from my understanding and from my viewpoint, when you get a vision of something in the future, that's as things stand right here at this very moment. But things can change in the next moment. I think that those visions that you're given, I don't want to use the word warning, but it's sort of like an idea of if you keep heading along this path or this thought pattern or this belief pattern or this action pattern or this habit pattern, this is what will come to be. Because I don't think that anything is set in stone. I don't. I think that I truly believe that we are the divine experiencing itself in every moment. It's almost like the divine doesn't even know what it's capable of. And we're here to explore that and find out what that is. You know, the, the idea that everything has been done and that everything has been written and that everything has been experienced and everything has been created. That just, I would think if I were God, I'd be bored to tears. I'd be like, well, if I already know everything, then why even do it? Right. So to me, it's about experiencing that thing in the moment. And then also in the trippy sort of way, realizing that time and space is simply a concept that we as human beings adopt so that we can, so that we have a reference point, you know, because if we are all one thing, then the only way for us to know the difference between home and work is by creating like this, this separation or this distance, like this is home and this is work. And like, there you are and here I am, you know, the only way that we can differentiate between things and decide and decipher and, and value one thing over another is by creating this sort of like separation, which is necessary to a point to be able to explore new. But at the same time, if we put too much of it in there, keeps us divisive and really kind of at war with each other. I know I've gone all over the place with oh, this question. You have, and I love it because I'm going ding, 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 ding. Okay, so I'm going to see if I can just go back to a couple of the points. There was one thing, first of all, that you said about um, seeing what the divine is capable of. Like that's what we're here for and our experiences mm-hmm. for. And I love that perspective, Pete. And I would like to attempt to come back to talk a little bit more about that, the visions and you know whether or not life is pre-planned or we get to choose. I think there's so much good stuff in that conversation. Also, I want to point back to something else where you were in that experience of the medium and, and you were given those two pieces of information that you received in this very in a sense, through our physical, our five senses. I mean, you heard her say it and, and you, you know, I mean, then you remembered a memory, it connected the dots for you. And I got total chills, of course, when you said that. And what I was, that reminded me of was just recently, again, I'm becoming more aware of these clearer senses that I'm having and, and connection to other realms and worlds. And this is all quite new for me. And I had an experience within the last couple of weeks with a very intuitive friend of mine who received a message for me. She does speak to angels. She does speak to guides. And my it was a guide of mine, um, and she wanted to share it with me. Well, she said, I don't want to freak you out, but this guide of yours is from Neptune. And in that moment, I just put my hands on my face, and I, I started crying. And I here's why. The day before, I had met a little boy in an ice cream parlor. And his name was Wolf. And he was wearing a shirt with all the planets on it. And a friend of mine was there and asked him, where are you from? Just out of, you know, playfulness and curiosity. And the boy points to his shirt, doesn't look at it, just points to his shirt, you know, on his belly. And his finger had landed on Neptune. And in the moment, I took note of that. 
I didn't know it meant anything significant until the next day when I had this conversation with my friend. And when my friend said that, what she explained happened was I needed to have that experience in this very 3D world with my eyes and my ears and my, right? So that when she gave me this message, I was more open to receiving it and seeing it as something that I could accept, quote unquote, as real, right? Because I needed that 3D five sense experience first. So I feel that's what happened for you in that room in a way, right? Like you got that very 3D knowing, a physical experience so that you knew something greater was happening. Does that make sense? Does you experience that? So yeah, what the angels have really been working with me on for the past couple of years is just showing me how tuned in I am. And I want to be very careful to say I have no ego structured around that. In other words, I know that all I am is a really great allower. That's all I am. There's really nothing special about me. Everybody can get as much or more information as I get. So I, I don't, but they, but at the same time, one of the biggest traps we fall into as uh, uh, light workers or however you might term us is um, the, the, uh, what's the, the imposter syndrome or the sin or the, being afraid to say something. I know one time when I was working with a client, uh, spirit kept saying to me, say the word toast. And I was like, why would I say the word toast to this woman? So finally I just said toast and that is, she stopped. And she was like, that was the only way I knew that I had a connection with my mother where I knew she cared about. That was the only caring thing her mother had done for her was to make her toast. And so you know, it meant something completely to her that would have meant that meant nothing to me, you know, but if I had stepped in with my human mind and like, what would toast me? You know what I mean? We would have completely lost or, you know, and I remember one time I was on this, uh, I was on a Periscope actually, and I was speaking to this lady and she was talking about her, her, her daughter had just had passed away a few years ago. And it was very, you know, tragic to her and her family. And all of a sudden, I just started talking about this white rabbit in, you know, this white rabbit that was in the attic. And she was like, oh, my gosh, my daughter's white stuffed rabbit is in the attic. In a, you know, and I almost didn't, you know, at first, I questioned, and I, you know, and then I just, but I'm very led. I just kind of just said it. And it was just this very transformative moment. And I have had the great uh, privilege of just witnessing this lady going from this place where she was about to get divorced and she was living in this terrible tenement and didn't have control of any part of her life. And she's just blossomed. And I'm not going to say that I had anything to do with it, but I I feel like just having that connection of, of not experiencing the loss of her daughter anymore, but knowing that her daughter is there with her in all moments, still experiencing life with her and still wanting to be there, still wanting to show her love and still wanting to hear the love from her own mother. I think that was a, a great letting go of, of holding up that energy, you know, because anytime, anytime we, we have regrets or anything like that, we're basically holding back our energy from moving forward. And if you were ever to ask me what is sin or what is evil, I would tell you for me, it is anything that dims the light of our own divine expression. It's anything that we use to stop ourselves when we say we're too old or too young or too fat or too thin or too uneducated or too white or too black or too gay or too straight or anything, you know, any, any one of those little monikers we want to throw in there to use as an excuse factor, like a wall to stop us from, you know, and and I can truly talk about this because when, you know, when I first started my, my spiritual walk, I mean, I was the most depressed, anxious person you'd ever meet. 
And as I went through my transformation, I realized that I used depression as a shield. I used depression as a tool. It was the way that I kept small. It was the way that I kept myself from having to do things I was afraid of. It was a way that I got love, you know, because people gave me love and concern. Like, oh, you're so depressed. I'm so sorry. Let me help you. Let me not help. Let me help you not commit suicide. Let me help you not do these things. Right. And so that was where I got my validation. So it's really, and I, here I am just like running all over the place I again. It. I know, but, <laughs> but um, it, it is, it's, it's really important, I think, for people to, you know, we're in, when they're in that state, when they're not experiencing the joy, to start asking themselves, stop blaming themselves and throwing all this judgment of, I shouldn't be this way, but ask yourself, what is the gift this is giving me? Why? Because there's a reason. There's a reason you are in an unhealthy state. There's a reason that you are in a bad relationship. There's a reason that you're in a job that you're not enjoying. And sometimes it's not about changing those situations. Sometimes it is, but it always starts with the question of what are you here to teach me? And going through that fear point, I, I know I had this, I had a nightmare about two weeks ago, which I hardly ever remember dreams and hardly ever have a nightmare, but it was basically this monster that was chasing me. It had been chasing me, it seems like in my dream forever and ever and ever. And it was just about to get me and something in the back of my mind said, tell it you love it. And I said, I love you. And I reached my arms around to hug this, whatever it was. And you know, it evaporated into the smoke as I wrapped my arms around it. And I woke up and I was like, oh, okay. And I just realized that, you know, as I've found like fear points, fear experiences, rather than running from them, I've just faced them and asked them, who are you? And what are you here to teach me? And you know, they've always turned into from these giant monsters with sledgehammers to this little five-year-old crying in the corner every single time. And they've been there to give me some experience or show me something that I had set in my brain as a truth or as a belief about myself or this world or a judgment that simply needed to be honored and expressed and shown love to in order to be transformed. And, you know, so many people I see, especially in the light and love and, and, you know, that they, they, they hear a great speaker and they've become, they say to themselves, I want to be this, you know, and the next thing you know, they're a life coach or a business coach or whatever they are, but what, what's coming out of their mouth is what you hear from everybody else. And it's like, but what's your truth? What have you overcome? What is your thing? Because I really truly believe that our mission and our purpose is found in our pain points. It's found in our suffering. It's found in what we personally have overcome because that's what we're experts at, right? But that's also our biggest fear. <laughs> oh my gosh, Pete, there is so much good stuff. I want to ask all the questions. You're pointing to right now my opening question, which is why do you do what you do, which we can come back to because I also want to ask, so I'm just going to kind of throw it all out there and you go from there. I would. You talked about being a great allower and I love that because I think so many of us do get caught in what it means to be a channel, an intuitive, a medium, whatever you want to call it, to have these gifts. And then all the others of us who are like, wait, I don't even get what that is, or maybe I don't even, maybe there's still some resistance to it. But the idea that you simply allow and we don't block the messages from coming in. And then this idea of we are, if, this, if it's not already laid out before us, and we do have choice, and, and, and then we can see these visions, and yet we allow for them to shift if we they need to shift or or not so okay the questions i have 
are, why do you do what you do? Okay, because I think there, of course, it connects back to your own pain and fear. And you started to talk about that. So maybe you've already answered that question, but if there's more to elaborate on. And also this idea of how, when we, how for those of us who may not be as tuned in, how can we start to recognize that we are indeed receiving messages? Because I think for some of us, that is very confusing. I know it was for me, like, are these my thoughts or is this a message I'm receiving? So those are the two questions I'd love to explore more. Sure. So why do I do what I do? So I was such a creature of anxiety and depression and fear. And I went through what I call my dark night of the soul, where um, I turned to a friend about a month later and I said, you know, I've, I've met every fear, every fear I've ever thought of or been afraid of, except for one has come true. And he turned to me and he said, do you know why? And I said, no. And he said, because you've been focusing on them your entire life. And this was a, this was a gentleman I just met. And it just was like, that's the moment I say when I met the universe, because I realized what I'd been doing was I'd been focusing on my fears, thinking that if I could figure them out, if I could figure out my fears, that I'd be able to conquer them. And, but what I was doing was I was calling them into my life. Because the thoughts that you think, the words that you speak, the things that you believe, let me just kind of draw back. So the visions that I get are that there are 10,000 angels waiting at our lips and spirit gives no value to anything. Literally nothing has a value of good or bad. Everything just is and everything works for the expansion of the all. So when you speak something forth, when you say, I'm too fat, the angel's like, okay, you're too fat. If you're like, you know, I'm thin, and you're like, okay, you're thin. If you say, I'm poor, like, okay, you're poor. If you're like, I'm wealthy, the angel's like, okay, you're wealthy. They don't have any judgment to it. They just simply know that you are a part of the divine and you are God. And the angel's role is to be our messengers, to be our guides, to create whatever it is that we speak into existence. You know, they are there to just create it. So my first role, I think, is to show people how darn important you are and how darn powerful you are. They keep showing me that in the backyard is this huge mansion filled with every single servant and resource and power and possibility that you ever want. But for some reason, we want to live in the guard shack without plumbing in the front. That's because that's just all we, but it's all available for us to simply step into. And so my main thing was to, to learn my own authenticity and to, and, and I, I am so grateful for every experience I've ever had in my life. I'm so grateful that I was molested as a kid. I'm so grateful that I almost killed myself. I'm so grateful that I lost everything. I'm so grateful that I went to prison. I truly am because it made me who I am today. And it took away every fear point. I mean, getting audited by the IRS and all these things that, that I've experienced. And so now if somebody comes to me with something, I'm like, is that all you got? I mean, I've kind of been there, like, you know, okay, fine, let's do this. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I, <laughs> and I've had so many experiences of, um, like when I took over care of my brother in a, in a very tumultuous sort of like, just like a meet, like literally got the call that his caretaker had walked out the door and left him with, with our abusive drunk uh, stepfather. And I mean, I had no money. I had no power over him or anything. And I simply just stepped in and took him. And the next thing I knew, you know, somebody told me about a, 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 a 310 board here in Madison that takes care of people like him, which immediately put us into this 
uh, put us ahead of 3,000 people on a waiting list to give him a home, which immediately stepped in, you know, it was just like, boom. It was just like, once you realize how friggin' taken care of you are, how friggin' supported you are in every single moment, the fear just like, like, what are you afraid? Like, what are you afraid of? You know, like, what are you afraid of? And, and one of the greatest things to ask fear is, okay, what you got? I'm going to take away your money. Okay, what you got? You're going to be homeless. Okay, what you got? You know, it's like, at the, like, okay, you know what I mean? That happens. Then what? You know what I mean? And it's like, and once you take away the, the, the power of it, you know what I mean? You strip the power from those fears. That's when you get to the core of who you really are. You find so many people who have been stripped down to the very basis, and that was their that was their their rock. That's where they started from. That was their foundation, and that's where they built the true life from. And that's why you you meet so many people who just don't care about the CRAP anymore. Like they just kind of cut through it and they go on. The the powerful people that you see, like Tony Robbins and Oprah Winfrey and and Gandhi and you know uh, Nelson Mandela and these other people that have literally gone through like the Phoenix where the, you know, the, the chaff has just kind of been burnt off and they just don't have time for anything but abundance and health and wealth and connection. And, you know what I mean? And, and just expansion, like, and everything else just sort of falls away and it's just everything. And I, I, there was another question you asked me and I'm yeah, just kind of back to it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I mean, and I just, I'm going to honor everything you've said and boy, we are all so lucky to be hearing everything you're sharing right now. So, so much wisdom is coming, flowing through you. And so the question that I wanted to then keep exploring is this, those of us who may not know that we're receiving messages or guidance or, you know, how do so, we tune into that? It's, so everybody, so number one, you are where you are and you are blessed where you are and there's a reason you are and we're not all supposed to be on tv channeling or you know necessarily healing or anything like that and what is healing anyway so people learn through watching your experience they don't necessarily listen to your words or read your books although those are, they're perfect and amazing so i want to what i'm trying to do is give credence to people's just their walk your daily walk that's what people watch that's what people see and the most important thing I think is to realize what your signs are and your signs are, are unique to you. Like for me, shivers on my shoulders, frisons as they would call them are my sign that angels are so excited. I call them the angels tap dancing on my shoulders. A pit in my stomach is like a clear no. A pain in my forehead means new wisdom is coming to me. It means something new, some new expansion is coming coming where I'm, my neuroplasticity is rearranging my neural pathways so that I'm thinking in a new way and experiencing new things. Um, because when you, when you get down to it, this body is simply uh, like a portal. That's all it is. You know, we think that we have all this memory in our brain and now they're discovering that they don't really know where our memory is. They've, they've taken um, rats and they've like taken away parts of their brain and yet they're still able to uh, find their way through a maze, even though what they thought of was their as their memory core is gone. They're still able to do these things. And then they're finding that their descendants are able to do them as well. Well, how did they get the memory? How did they know that? It's because we can tap into this higher 
wisdom. That's why our kids today are able to use these amazing electronic gadgets that it takes us years of studying to go through. It's because there's like this sort of like this, this communal wisdom that is uploaded and then immediately downloaded, you know, by our children who are even more in tune than, than we are. So where is all this data and everything? And some people talk about the Akashic records, which I totally get, you know, which, you know, part of the angels. Um, there's a couple of them that work with Zadkiel and a couple others that, that work with these, these wisdom uh, channels that we can tap into where we can basically get anything that has been, is, or will be, that's all available to us if we will simply open ourselves up to it. So the, the first thing is to get yourself in a pattern where you, you can get it in and ask the questions. I mean, ask the questions of the angels or whoever it is that you connect with of like, prove this to me. Like they, they get that and they totally respect it. They respect when you say, you need to prove this to me. And the way they're going to prove it to you is in things that are unique to you. They're going to prove it to you like when I smell my grandmother. You know what I mean? I mean, when I, when I smell each, each distinct one, you know what I mean? Or when you see certain like you did when you saw the little boy pointing to Neptune and then you heard the word Neptune. And it's just like those pat those like when you start seeing things coming together, you see see the same patterns of numbers, or when tastes come to you, say you're missing your grandmother and you loved your grandmother's oatmeal raisin recipe, and you just taste for some reason oatmeal raisin or whatever it is, or you smell it, or something reminds you of it, or, or her perfect flower was a peony, and you see them, or you smell one, or whatever it is, that's, that's why the angels you use. Um, for me, it's the angels. I'm going to keep saying the angels, that's the way I connect, but it, it, however you connect is perfect. But that's why they use um, our senses, because it, it, it lights up certain parts of our brain, which, which uh, and it, it becomes a very, a very quick language. Like if they were to like drop this tablet out of the sky that had, you know, it was like five paragraphs long that like explained everything that would mean anything to us. Like if we were to smell a smell that like made us remember a thing in our past that was like, Oh, okay. And so when you start correlating things together, like when you meet a new person and they remind you of this other person and that wasn't a great experience, it's almost like a tap on the shoulder, like you might want to beware. There might be certain patterns that are the same in this person or when you see something or, or hear something that reminds you of something else. Everything has energetic patterns to it. Everything has signatures to it. And it all kind of runs along in the same vibration and the same frequency. And um, gosh, I want to go into a completely different tangent. I'll make sure that I've, I've answered your question before I go on to a whole new sort of like realm. Take us over. <laughs> go ahead. You just okay. keep going. So I always break it down because it's, it's really, we try to make it so complicated. And that's one, one of the funniest things in the light and love is that we, you know, we, we you know, start talking about, you know, uh, all these all these out of the world, which I love it because I'm a, I'm a quantum physics geek. So I love it when we get really out there, but it can be very basic. And I, I bring it down to this basis of these four basic things to do. Uh, if you want to cycle yourself up and get yourself into a space where you are having more spiritual awakenings and more spiritual awareness. And the first one is to focus on your bliss. I always use an action with the, it's like an action word with a thing. So focus, focus on your bliss. And what I mean by that is you find anything that just like 
brings you happiness. Like anything that that's really like lights you up. Like if, if running a 10 K lit you up or if, you know, getting a new beach condo or whatever it was, you know what I mean, whatever it was, or finding that perfect blouse. I mean, I don't know. You focus on your bliss. The second one is to step into joy. And what that means is to just in every moment, consciously find something about whatever it is you're looking at that, that is joyful to you. I mean, you look at a cloud, you're like, I wonder where the silver lining is, or there's a puppy dog in that cloud, or, or whatever it is you just find, like you just search for, you become that searcher of joy, right? The next one is to take inspired action, because as you're focusing on your bliss, and you're causing a pattern where you're stepping into joy, you're going to start getting inspirations. And some of those inspirations are going to be wacky. They're, they don't necessarily look like they have anything to do with your bliss or your joy. They're going to be wacky. And the reason is because sometimes a straight line to us is not the quickest line to the angels. Sometimes, you know, it's like taking an overpass, right? And the fourth one is a walk in faith. And that means that as you're taking those inspired actions, so many times it takes faith. And faith is knowing without seeing. Faith is a trust and just an innate wisdom in yourself that has no basis in facts or figures from a human's perspective, right? It's almost to me like this, like this glass bridge that we walk upon where we take that first step, not really being able to even see the support, but just knowing that it's there. And faith is a muscle. Faith is a muscle. As you do it and as you exercise it, you get, you put more faith in faith and it just gets to where you just kind of live in this space of faith. And what happens for you is you sort of, you cycle up the, the emotional levels of going from say despair to um, depression, to anger, to a hope, then to um, sometimes happiness, and then to a state of joy and grace. And when you're in that pattern, you are where higher being is. For instance, if you lose somebody and you miss them, well, they're not there. They're not in that space of missing. And it's okay to miss somebody because let me make sure everybody knows that all emotions are valid and all emotions are meant to be felt and expressed and seen what they are, but they're also meant to be moved. We're not, get to, we're not meant to get stuck into these emotional patterns. But when you're missing somebody that's passed away, they're not in that vibration. And that's why you miss them and you don't know them there. But when you start thinking about something funny that happened with them or their favorite food or their play, favorite place to go or whatever it was, just something about them, all of a sudden you feel them there because guess what? That's where they are. And that's where the angels are. You know what I mean? There's certain angels, like there's different, I don't know if you've ever heard, there's different hierarchies of and levels of angels. And the reason that there are is that there's some that are more like present there. You know, there's even two, two angels, Metatron and uh, Sandalphon, who were actually human at one time and then transformed over into angels. And so the cool thing about that is that they know the human experience, but they also know the potential. So they're like, they understand, but they ain't letting you sit there. So, you know, there's, there's different levels of these angels so that some of them are accessible to us and, and able to, to see us and to uh, correspond with us where they are. But as, as you get more to the God level, I guess you'd say, uh, where they're, they're more like they're at that God point, they can be, I don't want to use the word difficult, but it can take a little bit more to get up into that rhythm where you are in that space where you can connect with them directly. But the more you can get yourself into it, that pattern of joy, what happens and what happened for me was I used to sort of like my high point was every now and then I would touch hope. 
every now and then. And now hope is like my bottom, you know, <laughs> hope is my bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing when you're in this space where, you know, just, I don't even know what depression even is anymore. I mean, I, I remember it because I experienced it for so many years, but I don't ever, you know what I mean? Like uh, your set tone, your set vibration, your set level, your set frequency is so much higher. And, you know, just so much more clarity and wisdom and health and abundance and, and just everything is so available to you in those higher patterns. Does that make sense to you? Totally. It really okay. does. And and I and what I really appreciate about what you're saying, Pete, and for those listening out there, that there really is this, and maybe you can even just speak to it a bit here, that everything is energy. Everything has a vibrational frequency, right? This physical matter is the most dense. And then, you know, we go out and out and out from that. And to your point, emotions and feelings too have this vibrational frequency. And I think for those of us who tend to be very logical and analytical, it helps us to bring it into the scientific sphere, though it's nice to know it can be simple. So yeah, when we get into the science of it, we can then connect the dots and go, oh, right, joy has a higher frequency than anger, which anger has a higher frequency than despair. So if we can be aware of that, that helps. Yeah. Us. And, and let me, let me take a little bit out of the woo woo world. Okay. Yeah. Because I am a, I'm a quantum physics geek, you know, and I have a degree in math. So I have the logical brain and I have the, you know, the spiritual, uh, I must say my spiritual connection at the same time. So let's take it into like, for instance, with health. Okay. So you are in anger, right? You're holding your body, how you're holding it, right? You're holding it very tight. Well, what's physically happening to your body? You're stopping your lymph nodes from being able to freely flow your waste products out. You're stopping your blood vessels from being able to bring in nutrients and oxygen and water to your cells. You're also creating uh, different stresses in your ligaments and holding your bones in different ways and you're walking different, you know, and your body is built to walk a certain way, to hold itself a different way. So if you do these things, if you hold these habitual patterns for long enough, you are now disrupting your normal cycles and you're creating dis-ease. So I want, that's, I want to take this out of the woo-woo world and I want to show you how this energy, this vibration of these lower levels actually causes these things to happen in your body, right? If you do it for an extended period of time. So it's okay to get into anger as long as you don't let yourself stay in that point. The other thing is I'm a great believer in quantum physics and even uh, Albert Einstein talks about how physical matter is simply curved and slowed down light energy. That's all it is. And they've discovered as they've taken our DNA and physically torn it apart that photons are actually released within our own cells, which means we are beings of light. We literally are beings of light. That's what we are. So when people poo-poo this whole idea of energy and vibration, it's like, well, science tells us it too, right? Science absolutely uh, points to it. And I've gotten into this whole, are you familiar with the zero point field? I've that heard, of it. heard of it. I've heard of, but I don't know anything about it. So the zero point field is, is basically what is there in empty space. If you took out everything from an empty space, the zero point field is what's left. So the interesting thing is in a zero point field, in, in empty space, there is 10 to the 40th times more energy than in filled space. So if you think about that, the, this empty space around my hand 
has more energy than my hand is. So is my hand holding the space of the space or is the space holding the space of my hand? Do you get the concept of it? So that has got me into a whole new field of study, which I call the angelic morphic field. And that's basically the zero point field where because we are all connected, we are all one thing, you are able to touch and experience and move everything. Like everyone, everything. If you can step yourself into that morphic field, you are able to basically put your hand, like I actually reach out and touch my hand and I can feel it touching all the way around the world and almost like touching myself going around the entire globe. And then, and then you can go actually universally, like you can go out of this world and you can, you can do this and you can, and what the angels have told me is they've shown me that it's like in the, in the energetic field and what, it, what a field is. So a field is a representation of say you had every energy pattern and you see like all these little squiggly lines, right? A field is like just a, a way to represent all of those together as one, right? So, um, the, so the idea from the angels is that everything, every light is flipped on, every sound is being played, everything. It's like, and, and what we do is we walk into this field of everything turned on and we just pluck this one and we pluck that one. So we don't actually create anything. We just choose it. It's like we walk into a kitchen fully stocked with every spice and we're not going to necessarily put the salt and the cinnamon together, or maybe we are, we're not necessarily going to put the black pepper, you know, and the sugar together, but maybe we are, you know, but we, we're just going to pick like everything, but everything is there, but you're not going to dump it all into a big bowl and then create a recipe. You're going to choose what it is that you want and, and create this whole new pattern of something, but it takes away the whole idea. Number one of the, effort of creating because there really is no effort to it. It's simply a choosing and we're choosing in every moment. And the other idea is that it, it actually, there's more energy holding our space. And you, you've heard the term holding space, right? So that takes it out. It, 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 the whole concept of it to me is when you go down to the beach and dig a hole in the sand and then the ocean fills it in with water. So that's, it's, it's like we create this, this morphic field for anything that we want to create. A lot of physicists believe that uh, say like you have a stem cell, how does it know in a baby whether to turn into a fingernail or a bone or a hair follicle or a skin cell? Well, it's, it's, they believe that it's like the, like there's this morphic field that's created that like draws it in. And this whole idea of like the, the attractor field. And what I mean by that is the idea of like gravity. You can think of gravity, say you took like a bowl, right? Well, everything is going to fall down to the bottom of that goal. Well, that is the same, uh, that bowl, because that's actually the same as like a goal or intention. What you've done is you've created like this, this little bowl and all you have to do, that's an attractor and everything basically will fall into it. But what we do is we hold it back. We hold it back with our judgments and our fears and are not thinking we're worthy. But if you just let it go, it's going to go right down into the, into the bottom of that bowl. So what I want to convey to people is really how easy everything is. And I mean, everything, perfect angelic health, perfect angelic wealth, perfect angelic relationships, you know, joy, peace, tranquility, you know, and, and when I say that, it doesn't mean we're all going to live in a 30 room mansion. We're all going to have, you know, six Jaguars in the garage. Maybe somebody will, but it does mean we're going to have exactly what we need at the moment to bring us joy and to fulfill us and give us abundance. Right. Mm, wow. <laughs> and we are inspired. I am inspired. And I guarantee everyone listening is. 
we struck so much gold today, Pete. And I, I, I almost don't want to, but I have to voice what the connection is. I feel like that you've brought us full circle where we talked earlier about, you know, it, whether or not everything is already pre-planned, it's already determined, it's all there, but how do we, how does that fit with, you know, you know, moving through in the divine and um, showing what it's capable of. And I feel like you just explained it so brilliantly with this analogy of our, our spice rack or our, our, our fully stocked kitchen, meaning everything already exists. So it, it's, it's already there to your point. We don't have to go out and create it. However, just because it exists doesn't mean that's what's going to happen because we mm. have choice. You literally choice. just solved a question that I have been grappling with for weeks now, Pete. And I'm so grateful to you because I've been feeling some sort of dissonance with that of if everything already exists and is here, how do, what's my role? And you just helped me piece it together. So thank you for that light bulb, that literal neural pathway is yeah. like changing. And so when, I'm so grateful. Yeah. When you write narratives and you write down, say like what I call a dream list, what you're doing is you're, you're, cause the brain doesn't know the difference between perceived reality and imagined reality. It doesn't know it. So when you make yourself like, like say, say you want to be multimillionaire, when you make yourself a multimillionaire and you, in your mind, what then happens if you just keep it? I mean, it's and that's why it's exercise. It's exercise and it's work. Believe me, it's work to get yourself there. But once you do, what happens is it is pulled toward, you're pulled towards it and it's pulled towards you rather than you having to push. You know, uh, the Western Hemisphere, we're taught to push, struggle, toil, sweat, tears, blood, push it up that hill, push it up that hill. But if you just become it, you're pulled to it. Yeah. Like it just pulls yes. to you. You can't yes. do anything else but because there's this whole thing of, oh, am I supposed to sit on my couch and couch and just imagine all day long? No, if you really became it, you couldn't sit on the couch. Like yeah. you literally couldn't. You wouldn't be able to. You'd be bouncing off the walls. You'd be like, no, I have to call that client. No, I have to create this program. No, I have to go apply for that job. I have to. I don't have any other choice. I'm going to die. I'd rather do that than eat Hagen Doss and watch this show. That's boring. I want to go do this. You're pulled to it. And it becomes your joy. It becomes your expression. It becomes your divinity. Woo. Oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> wow. I, we could, oh, we could talk for hours. I wish uh, another time we'll do more because wow, did you give us so much goodness today. And you, you opened yourself to it. You allowed it to flow through you. Thank you for how you show up and, and for sharing this with us. And I, I know this is going to be one I'm going to want to go back and l listen to again. Everyone who's listening, I invite you to do the same. Um, you're definitely going to want to reach out to Pete, share this content, share his messages, um, share this with a friend or a loved one. You can find Pete at, um, on, on Facebook, on social media at Pete Casaboon. It'll take you to all the other links and places and videos and all the good stuff that he shares in the world. I'll make sure that we link to that here. Um, Pete, any closing thoughts for our listeners today? Mm, just knowing who you are and calling you forth is what the angels always say to me, knowing who you are and calling you forth. Mm. Thank you for that. This literally, this was such a divine conversation and the timing of it, of course, impeccable, perfect as always. And, and the insight that was revealed and shown and clarified today in so many levels and ways was profound. 
So thank you, Pete, for sharing and all of your yeah. angels who came and showed up for us today and came through you. Um, and thank you all for listening. Wow, what a what a fun conversation. And like I said, we've we've gone a little woo-woo, but this may be the most so far. And I'm really excited about that, actually. And let's just be honest, I say that with a smile on my face because to me, everything is spiritual. Everything is woo-woo. It's just how we how we feel like describing it in that day or in that moment. But thank you all for listening, for subscribing, for sharing this message and this content with others to inspire them to live more joyful, authentic lives. Until next time, many, many blessings.